0: The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member, And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink. The TNT Shop has it all at TNTradio.live. This is a place for crazy people. Natalie Cheel and Rick Mudd. I think you'll listen. TNT.
1: Okay, it's uh Thursday, 15th of February, 2024. This is TNT, Today's News Talk. And, of course, this is Open Line with Natalie Cheel, Gemma Cooper, and special, super special guests, I might say. We've got uh Geezer Paul, Nick Paul, coming on. And also we have Ben from Chasing Descent joining us this morning. What are we going to talk about? I'm not telling you. You'll have to hang around and stay tuned to find out. I like teasing people sometimes, but seriously, it's better sometimes when it's a little surprise. So we like little surprises here in TNT. So that's what you're going to get uh, before we jump into things at the moment, at the moment, a lot going on with TNT, an awful lot going on. We're going to be in London next week uh, covering the Assange uh, trial, which is taking place at the High Courts down in London, uh, we will be on the ground down there with people. Uh, Abby Roberts, I think, will be there. David Curtin will be there. Limit Obick will be there. Lots of people on the ground bringing back reports. A little bit of scheduling changes for next week as well. In the morning times, uh, our show will start a few hours early on Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe, and possibly friday as well just to accommodate the live reports that we're going to be bringing in uh from london but uh, we will keep you posted on that as this week goes on into the start of next week so if you want your morning dose of me and or not you're going to have to get up a couple of hours early for that one it's due to start around 7 a.m uh, and then 8 a.m for our shows and then the rest of the schedules check our website tnt Radio, yes. Dot live. Um, so let's jump straight into it, Natalie. Uh, a lovely story this morning. We like to we like to we start the day off with a little bit of a bang because we know there's a lot of people out there at the minute eating their breakfasts or maybe having a munch on a croissant or something beautiful like that. So this is another airline story. We like our airline stories as well. Absolutely gross is the headline. Uh, Maggots raining on passengers, yes, forcing a flight to make a U-turn. One passenger described the absolutely gross incident uh, as she looked behind her and saw the larvae wriggling around on the seat. Chaos broke out after maggots began raining onto a plane from an overhead compartment. How could such a thing happen in this day and age. We hear about people with bombs in their shoes and we hear about people, you know, going crazy in airlines and trying to rip the doors open and have everybody sucked out at 30,000 feet. But imagine bringing a dead fish, a rotting, stinking dead fish on board that's infested with maggots and then having it rain down in your fellow passengers' heads. Could it be some kind of act of hatred towards the human race? Let's make them suffer on this flight. Let's shower them in maggots. I think that's about as bad as it gets now.
2: I don't, I'm, I'm thinking he's a serial killer or, or something, this this strange man bringing a, a bag infested with rotten fish and uh, maggots, but as soon as I saw this, it had uh, uh, memories for me of diarrhoea on a plane we now move mm. to maggots on a plane both planes had to be turned around, both planes uh, there was a stench that, uh, that all of the passengers could suddenly smell mm. and then for one poor passenger, maggots were literally falling on Their head. Uh, You know, if anything's going to put you off flying, it's going to be these stories. I've got vision the next time I get on a plane of of exploding diarrhea on one side, maggots maggots falling on the other. other. I know uh, Darren uh, said there was another uh, story about people being sick one after the other. Oh, if this is what flying's about, you know, you can count me out of it, Rick.
1: Well, here's the thing here's just the question we want to pose to you, and of course, everybody listening at the minute with current airline security. It's You can't get on a plane these days with a little tube of toothpaste. You know, if it's over 100 mils, they scan your bags, they ask you to put everything in a little plastic bag. You know, was this a really small fish? Did they put the rotting fish in a little plastic bag? Did they have a look at it and say, well, it's only a small one. It's not 100 mils worth of fish and it's filled with maggots. We don't care anyway, but you can bring it on board. How they actually smuggled that on board, I do not know. And people were talking about the smell, saying we noticed a funny smell. Surely at that point you should have made the flight attendants aware, hey, listen, we're on a plane here. We're on a nine hour flight. I'm a little bit concerned there's a dodgy smell coming just before we take off. Did you look at that place no they waited until they were an hour into the flight and then they they made people who were screaming and wailing and then they had to turn the flight and bring it all the way back yeah. again do people just have this hours. thing where they wait they wait until the last possible minute before they open their mouths and complain about something and then everybody has to pay the price eh?
2: And, and and also to add to it, it took two hours for them to discover it. And the passenger added that one of the carry-on bags was next to the disgusting one and that the suspected culprit was still seated and did not exit the plane until the end of the flight. So it's almost like he meant to do it. I've got this vision of a serial of a serial killer like they're sat there with Jupiter's delight, like
1: I tell you what, I've got you know, maggots just,
2: I got maggots on the plane.
1: I got maggots and you're going to have them on your head soon. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. But hey, this is this is flying. This is flying in 2024. You would think with all the advances in technology, Flying would become a more and more pleasant experience, a more relaxing experience, but it seems to be getting worse and worse. You know, We're plumbing the depths here to bring you the most disgusting flying stories that we can. I don't know if this one can be beat, uh, but I'm sure there's a candidate for it just waiting to happen somewhere on some airline in uh, 2024. So we've got to take a pause, uh, bring Gemma on board, get her thoughts on flying, and uh, of course, uh, rotten fish and maggots, because why not? It's a Thursday morning here on TNT.
3: The
0: facts no spin or agenda Not enough with the lies we need the facts this is today's news talk radio
1: tnt you know jama when you get on a plane before you get on a plane you have a choice you know you can book your tickets in advance you can allocate your seat in advance you can even upgrade your seat into you know first class business class whatever class you want you can even hire a jet yourself if you have enough money or you can take potluck and go economy class with the unwashed Uh, i think that's becoming increasingly more of a roulette spin by the day what do you reckon
4: i wonder if this uh fishman, maggot man person uh was a disgruntled former employee of said airline agency you know i wonder if that's that's how it got on he knew all the mm. tricks or they knew all the tricks of the trade to smuggle something on they knew what to say they knew what to do and they were that sounds to me like someone who's incredibly angry and <laughs> wants to take it out on on, on <laughs> an airline industry not not necessarily the passengers that could just be the way i think about you know former employers You're i right. don't know <laughs> But it could be it it could be. Um, yeah, how, you know, those questions they ask you when you check in that you can't joke about, you know, have you got a bomb or, you know, you, you can't joke mm-hmm. because you will be arrested. You know, mm-hmm. then that now should possibly be a category for any rotting flesh of any description, you know, or maggots. Or maggots. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <Or maggots>. <laughs> 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 body parts. Yeah, quite. A, um,
1: that's a good point. That's a good point about a possible disgruntled ex-employee because they would know where to stash things, you know, and then of course it takes a few days for a fish to properly rot and go <laughs> off and really stink the high heavens. So they could have been sacked on a Monday and thought, I'm going to leave this and they'll find out about it maybe on Wednesday as they're over uh, the uh, English channel. I used to work with a large group of guys uh, in a certain uh, organization, let me say, and during the winter time, they like to prank each other by putting foul smelling liquids in the heaters in the in the workplace so they stank and then the heat the hot air blew the smell everywhere but you're in a quandary because if you wanted the smell to stop you had to turn off the heat in the middle of winter (sighs) and open all the windows and doors which would have froze you solid so it kind of put you in a little bit of a predicament and having said that guys just to wrap this one up it's awful it's a horrible story but i would still am i might get into trouble for this i would still prefer to have raggots, maggots rained on me from a dead fish than sit next to some people's <laughs> children because quite frankly they <laughs> act like horrible little maggots and they're more of a pain in the ass than a little larvae wriggling across my neck uh what do you think about that is that taking it too far should i be more tolerant towards other people's lovely little children or what okay.
2: I think I might. I'm going to just say that I'd rather have the maggots and some morbidly obese person spraying onto my seat as well. So uh, let's let's get rid of any political correctness this morning, Rick, and, yeah. really, and really slay everybody.
1: <laughs> okay, but anyway, we digress slightly. Uh, well, we digress a lot on this show, but hey, that's why you love us, isn't it? Uh, Gemma, you have a story for us this morning. Thankfully, not rotting flesh or maggot related. What do you got up your sleeve today?
4: No, it's the economy. Um, figures have come out in the last uh, couple of hours. I was just talking with this uh, about this with Sonia Poulton that we were expecting these figures to come out to show if surprise surprise the UK is in recession and the figures, the GDP figures that have been released show that yes, we are. So GDP, gross domestic product, which measures the the value of goods and services in the UK, estimates the size and growth of the economy. That's what GDP figures are. If you have two Consecutive quarters of, of negative growth, which is what we've had uh, from July to October last year. Uh, July to September last year was negative growth, and then the figures we were waiting for was the October to December figures. If that was negative growth, that officially triggers a recession, and it shows that uh, July to September we had 0.1 percent shrink and 0.3 percent shrink between October and December. So it's plunged us into a recession and a, a bit of a blow for old fishy Rishi Sunak because he did promise. To grow the economy, didn't he? As one of his big five pledges last year, heading towards the uh, general election. Um, So it's a bit of red face for the government, apart from the fact that some economists, some, are saying that, that we could come out of this one fairly quickly, this recession. Um, Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, who's due to give a pre-election budget statement within weeks, says no, 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 it's okay, we're turning a corner, this is just a blip, everything's fine, nothing to see, bit like the maggots, everything's fine, don't worry about anything. Uh, Shadow Chancellor, of course, is saying this is a a uh, Sunak-generated recession, deeply worrying for families and businesses across the UK, and of course Labour are now calling for a general election. Uh, straight away off the back of it, although it's unlikely that probably will now be in the autumn. Um, So looking at the UK economy, it's really going nowhere. The three main sectors that they've looked at is construction, services and production. They say all contracted at the end of last year because there was so much caution uh, around Christmas with household spending. People just weren't spending around Christmas uh, like they normally do. Um, Anyone with a large mortgage, uh, it's been feeling like a recession for quite some time. Uh, People who've maybe paid off their mortgages and don't spend a lot. On energy. I don't really see how that's possible. But some are saying it won't it won't feel like a recession for those basically without mortgages. Uh, many are saying the recession will be a shallow one um, and it's not too much to worry about. But it's interesting, the reasons I was looking at that that some were predicting this recession. Uh, and this is where, you know, vindication on our part, I think, comes into play. And we don't like to say we told you so about the jabs. We don't necessarily like to say we told you so that lockdowns were a really bad idea. But one of the things um they were predicting that this recession was going to come. Is that you know the economy has struggled to gain momentum since the scamdemic. You know, economists have been saying that you know since twenty twenty, uh, inflation has eroded the value of earnings and, and spending has been squeezed. And of course, we were talking about you know we talk about this a lot of like furlough and paying people to stay at home, printing money, uh, you know, to bump up the economy at a time when everybody's not working. And um, of course, it's going to be a cause and effect. And we've been, people have been talking about recession since lockdown and furlough happened. So we kind of knew that this was always on the cards. Um, And, you know, it's you're talking about narrative changes that are sweeping across the UK with regard to the jabs. We had Rishi Sunak being confronted with somebody on a political debate who was allowed to go on mainstream media and talk about vaccine damage. And, And people are now calling for more inquiries into sudden deaths all of those things are now coming to the public consciousness and recession which we were predicting people like us who aren't even economists were predicting years ago if you do this it's not going to go well for the economy. Lo and behold here we are. Uh, People are saying it'll be a shallow one we'll come out of it it's more of a flat line than a proper proper recession but who knows let's see where we go from here but certainly the figures of spending and the economic growth don't bode well for Rishi in an election year
1: yeah not just to wrap this one up uh you know we're we're, we're feeling the pinch in our pockets i know i am i know you are when you go out and get your shop so what we've been told by the government seems to be at odds with what we're experiencing when we actually go to the supermarkets or go to the shops or go to the petrol station or pay our electricity bills or utility bills is it time just to wrap this one up that the government came clean on what they actually used to measure recession <laughs> because or inflation should i say because their yardstick for inflation and our yardstick for inflation seem to be two completely different things.
2: The government be honest, the government come clean. Mm. <laughs> you need to give your head a wobble this morning, Rick. That's, a, that, 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 yeah, that's not going to happen. They're, they're using, they're, they're using they're, a different metric than we do. are. Yeah, yeah, of course. But then, this is lies. Oh, we're going to come out of it. Well, this has been predicted for years. not By the average person, we could see it coming. And and I don't want to be a doom monger. I like to try and be positive. But this is not getting better anytime soon. We are covering stories. We've done uh, John Lewis, Morrison's, uh, The Body Shop. There's going to be more to come uh, when you start recession. That's going to be more jobs lost, uh, more unemployment. Uh, you know, that means as well, people don't have as much money in their pockets. so then and they can't go out and spend as much it it it's not suddenly I don't know how they are trying to lie to us and say oh this is just a short-term thing we're going to get out of it because I can't see any way of getting out of it anytime soon Gemma.
4: It's it's grim,
1: it's grim, it's grim out there, guys, but got to keep the belts tightened, uh, you know, and got to keep people focused on these stories because, you know, we do also advocate that people prepare for what's coming, set a little bit aside for the rough times, because it's not a case of if they're coming, it's a case of uh, when they're coming. So I've got to wrap this one up just right now uh, for now, Gemma, but of course, it's a topic we could talk about for a very, very long time. But many thanks to you for bringing that one to our attention. We've got to take a little break now, and when we come back, we've got Refuse Nick Paul. Missing our presence once again to talk about narrative change here at Life on TNT, today's news talk. TNT's
0: Kate Shimeron.
5: I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself if you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs. What do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures. And they just want to rest. What do you think? You're a special special snowflake. You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee. Fluoridated, chlorinated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate
0: Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT. Without CO2, the world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk TNT Radio.
2: Welcome back to the show. We've got Refuse Nick Paul, also known as Geezer Paul, but uh, uh, you can follow him on X at Geezer Paul, our social commentator, freedom fighter, activist, bus driver, man of many talents, but he is here to talk about today. The narratives change. Uh, we've been between speaking a lot on TNT the last week about stories that are a little bit odd, but they're all suddenly adding up. I did a post on X yesterday. Normally, I'm lucky to get 20 likes. I had a video that got a 1,000 likes. So this is obviously something that's uh, resonating with people at the moment. Um, What's happening? Well, number one, Neil Oliver was suddenly cleared by Ofcom uh, for saying things that other people have got suspended for, for lost their jobs. Uh, He was talking about excess deaths jabs, turbo cancers. Second, uh, well, it was basically a PR stunt from Rishi Shunak, suddenly taking questions from the vaccine injured when they wouldn't even discuss it before. Third, Richard Tice, Nigel Farage, they've all come and changed their mind. Uh, they were pushing the jabs at the start and now they're trying to say that they were always on our side. We then had Alan Sugar last night tweeting out saying, uh Well, oh, I've taken six jabs and I basically shouldn't have done and they're not working. He's backtracking as well. And we've got an ITV drama, just like the post office scandal, that's being released next week. I'll take a breath now. Paul, what do you make of all of this?
3: It's all very strange, isn't it? Very strange. Now, I discovered something last night that I don't know if you're going to know. The fella on uh, GB News that asked Sunak... Apparently, told the GB. This is what he's saying. He told the GB News researchers he was actually going to go with the story of um, "I'm politically homeless. I don't know who to vote for," and then done that live. Apparently, but
2: I, but but Paul, my issue with that is right. They do not yeah. let in a prime minister's question time. Every exactly. single person is vetted in that studio. I don't exactly. agree with that. They would have yeah. known this man. He's been on TNT. He's been on yeah. GB News before. He's he's a well known. He's got forty thousand yeah. followers on X. They would they yeah. would have known those questions were coming. So and as far yeah. as I'm concerned, that that that's been set up for the uh, Rishi Sunak to answer it. Tell him there's a vaccine. There's a vaccine payment. Uh uh. A, yeah. You know compensation scheme. There's a yellow card. And of course, it's the shift to the doctors and the nurses. Uh, yeah. They don't want to take accountability or responsibility, do they, Paul? They're drip no. feeding us little bits no, of information. And uh, what do you think? Uh, how what do you think this uh, new ITV drama is going to say next week as well? Do you think it's going to be blaming uh, the government?
3: No, no, it's going to blame. I, I don't know how it will go. It's probably going to go along with, uh, you know, selling the the idea that it, you chose to have it and. Uh, you know all the information was there and it was there yeah. I mean Trudeau's turned around and said that in Canada hasn't he? he's turned around and said that we never forced you you chose to have it so yeah. what's interesting and- I was talking to Charlotte Wright last night Um, a lot of people on here will know who Charlotte Wright is her husband sadly died from the AstraZeneca vaccine in 21 and what was really interesting was no one wanted her anywhere near the media at the time when that yeah, happened she- um, it's, yeah, she actually had her first inter- she had her first
1: media interview with me actually uh, on TNT yeah. in February of yeah. 2022, and I'm not saying this to big up. Well, I am saying it to big up TNT, but no. John, uh, Alex Mitchell, uh, Charlotte Wright, uh, Wayne Connington, all these people now that all of a sudden yes. the mainstream media are trying to find room for. Uh, yes. I-, I was and we have been happy and still are extremely happy, and I'm still very passionate about that. That these people don't get forgotten about and brushed under yes. the carpet. They were given uh at least for, for what we could do at the time they were given a platform here and happily yes. taken and i was super happy to have them and have had them back yeah. repeatedly but now all of a sudden uh they're they're being yeah. scrambled over uh, yeah. by the lack like of sky yeah. news and the lack like of gb news uh, because it's part of a narrative shift where the government are trying to wish their filthy dirty bloodstained yeah. paws of all the vaccine yeah. injured and bereaved and- it's quite disgusting actually
2: if, I'm, if sure. I'm right, Paul, she was actually due to go on ITV, wasn't she? And she got a phone she call was. to basically said she wasn't allowed because they'd looked yeah. into it and Ofcom had said she yeah. couldn't go on. So we yeah. that's how much the narrative has changed. Suddenly she Rishi Sunak's um... taking questions and she wasn't even allowed on ITV.
3: She she tried her hardest to get onto the mainstream channels and news Mm. and all that, and no one was interested. She's listening to this, actually, so Mm. um, she's a lovely Um, woman. And actually, a big shout out,
1: by the way, if you are listening, Charlotte Trevor John, who's one of my uh, regular Friday guests, he's an absolute legend uh, from uh, Kent. Uh, He actually connected me with Charlotte in the first instance, and uh, I can remember that interview with her very, very well. She was completely heartbroken. This was two years ago, and she has absolutely been struggling and slogging it out get her husband yeah. acknowledged and to get any kind of compensation or payout, not even a compensation scheme from Sunak, which no yeah. way addresses the shortfall of her uh, de- or de- deceased husband's income because he was only in his early 30s when he actually died. Uh, Sunak's got a lot of blood so- on his hands. To so so add yes. to that, Rick, yep.
2: She's has got a crowd funder at the moment that I just mm. wanted to mention. Um, it's on crowd justice for vaccine injured and the bereaved. So if anyone wants to look that up, uh, for that's for anyone yeah. that's been injured by the AstraZeneca jab. And I also yeah. wanted to point that out as well. They seem to be using the AstraZeneca jab it, it almost as a scapegoat, don't they, Paul? Because they don't want to yes. mention problems with the uh, mRNA. It seems that yes. any vaccine injured they're putting forward, it's the AstraZeneca. It's another way yeah. of saying this was the... The one that was the problem, yeah. Uh, the, but MRNA we can carry is the on. way forward, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. that's that, the that's... way we should have gone, yeah,
2: yeah. Definitely. It does seem to be yeah. that way. And another problem with the narrative shift, we seem to see all of the people in the government who are in positions, you know, uh, they're, they're going, aren't they? you know, Boris Johnson's gone, Matt Hancock's yeah. gone, um, Jacinda yeah. Radurner's gone. yeah, that yeah. that, and and yeah. it's another way, isn't it, of changing the narrative if. By yep. the time they can keep drip feeding us the truth, and all these people in positions of power are gone, it's very easy to go, "Oh, yep. oh, well, it was, it wasn't our fault. It was, it was yep. the experts. It was Just, the people who were already in power."
3: One of the things that was said to me at the time in 21 and 22, and I can remember friends, family saying this to me. I used to tell the story of Charlotte Wright, and I used to say, "This is not someone from the internet. This is someone that we've actually sat with in a pub and had lunch with," and they go. Yeah. Oh, but if that was true, it'd be on the telly, and that's what people used to react. If that was really—and I used to say, "What? So she's making it up then?" It's—it is true. She's told us personally. Yeah, it's like—and they. Oh, but yeah, it'd be on the TV if that was true.
2: And. And I wonder as well, Paul, you you make a really good point there. Is there any coincidence that all of these ones that I've mentioned, uh, Neil Oliver's Ofcom was on GB News. We have another one, the PR Stump was also on GB News. Uh, we, yeah. you know, uh, Farage, uh, Tice. Um, are they deliberately trying to drip feed it onto a channel maybe that they feel that not as much people will watch? Is there a reason that Rishi Sunak didn't take those questions on the BBC Question Time rather than a smaller show on GB News yeah. perhaps?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, you've only got to watch GB News and see their advertising to see that it, it looks like they're probably struggling slightly. Um, yeah. yeah, there's definitely and, definitely
2: and I believe uh, uh doesn't GB News um wasn't it uh somebody from Unity News Network, uh David Clues, uh said they've also got funding uh from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as well. Uh so uh, they're going the media. Yeah, yeah, there
3: is some link. So yeah.
2: So I think yeah. uh overall, Rick, I mean I'll let I'll let you finish this off, but I think it's more, you know, we wanted to make people aware here of I mean it's yeah. great, yeah. we want the vaccine injury stories to come out. Uh, we want people to become more aware, but we also want the people who are really at fault to take accountability and responsibility, don't we, Rick?
1: Yeah. We do and have to give massive credit as well. Uh Talking about Charlotte and Charlotte, if you're listening, God bless you. Your message hasn't changed one iota since you started uh, bringing that message. John Watts as well, who was on GB News, his message hasn't changed in the last two years. Alex Mitchell's message hasn't changed. Wayne Cunnington's message hasn't changed. Nobody's message has changed. We just want to see these people getting uh, adequately compensated for the damage that's been inflicted on them and their bereavements that they've suffered. And of course, other people to be prevented uh or take take the right steps to make sure that unfortunately it doesn't happen to them so anybody that's been going through that i can't imagine what they're going through so massive respect to them all uh for the perseverance and the persistence because yeah. it's a grind it's an absolute grind especially when you're discounted and uh, brushed to the side by the people that caused you the injuries yeah. in the first place so respect yeah. respect is due
2: yeah so thank you yeah. for everyone who's speaking out people like uh uh, refused it, Paul here, who has been speaking out from the very start, mm-hmm. those who are vaccine injured and continue to do so. And we promise here as well on TNT, today's new talk, to continue to, de- to do the same. We will speak out, give the truth, and give a voice for those who are censored. Uh, it's come to an end, I'm afraid, Paul. Uh, it always goes too quickly, but we'll have you back again soon. And uh, we've got more stories to cover here at TNT.
0: The conversation continues. You guys are awful positive today for what we're witnessing. It's that division that they want to push. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner has alerted Congress to a serious national security threat, urging President Joe Biden to declassify information pertaining to this threat to allow for open discussion among Congress, the administration, and allies on how to address it. NATO has seen unprecedented increases in defense spending among its members, with 18 out of 31 states expected to meet the Alliance's requirement to spend 2% of GDP on defense this year.
1: The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every
0: move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos and helpful information on our website. Oh, dinner's ready. Oh man, escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web TNTradio.live.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, Ben. You're looking rather good today. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. How are, how are you, Rick? <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, I think we should uh, talk about something relevant to uh, current affairs before I uh, lose control of myself altogether, and nobody else will understand what I'm saying apart from the people in the studio and me and Natalie and Ben. But anyway, Ben from Chasing Descent, welcome, welcome, welcome back. Nice to see the Christmas tree is gone. I like that background. I like that orange thing. Your light's good. Hey, man, I'm feeling kind of inadequate here, to be honest with you. I've got uh, pictures of uh, skyscrapers behind me, but the reality is, (laughs) I've got a big green screen. uh, But But it's nice to see you again. And we're going to talk about something that's very close uh, to your heart this morning Uh, to do with families of disabled people. Tell the BBC of a battle for NHS care support. And this is something Natalie and I have highlighted repeatedly uh, over the last year, at least that we've been doing this show. The people in hospitals are the people that you hear about who are being neglected in the first instance, but that spreads far and wide when it comes to uh, care in the community, uh, adult learning facilities closing down, mental health facilities closing down, and also cares of disabled people being effectively discarded and uh, thrown to the wayside.
5: Well, yeah. um, First of all, we need to talk about NHS funding, I think, because I think this is a big part of it. People say the NHS is underfunded, I completely disagree with that sentiment. We, we have an NHS that is funded to the tune of about £1.3 billion every three days. Okay? I want to give you a little bit of an anecdote here because I have a friend who works in admin in an NHS hospital. And she says to me, if we want to get anything done, we need to ask our manager, who needs to ask their manager, who needs to ask their manager... Who needs to ask their manager? And I think this is a bit of the crux of the problem as to where funding is going. The NHS is stuffed with middle management on 100,000 pound plus a year wages then we've got people that curate art at hospitals people who are paid to play the piano in in the in the foyer of the hospital yeah. um this is just wasted money diversity and inclusion uh managers that are on 120 to 150,000 pounds a year money that could be funneled into care for the community could be funded funneled into care for disabled people could be funneled into the front line altogether that's just not being funneled to where it should be and i really do think that is the crux of the problem and also we've got a bit of a postcode lottery here because i live in an affluent area and let me let me give you another example here ivf ivf on the nhs now where i live the NHS will give you three rounds of IVF. Whereas if you live in a less affluent area, they'll give you one if they give you any at all. And and it's it's just funds and the way they are allocated and it's affecting people. I, I'm a disabled man myself. Um let me plug my second YouTube channel just for a minute. It's mm-hmm. called The Real Review UK. And I want to plug that because I have a partner on that channel, and his name is Ollie. And he was severely damaged by the COVID-19 vaccine, by the Pfizer. Um, And he needed care in the community that they could not find or fund. So they left him in a hospital bed for nearly four months before they could get him out into the community and get him care. Um, So this is a personal situation that's affecting me, that's affecting people around me. I've got disabled children i'm disabled myself i know natalie you have autistic children you're autistic yourself and we do worry and i think the issue really is funding guys it's where it's allocated and what we should do and i say this on chasing descent a lot put me in charge of the nhs because i'm autistic and indifferent and i will just absolutely gut that middle middle management at the nhs Without giving a second thought, because the funding's all going to the wrong place. Mm.
1: Uh, interesting uh i think a lot of people are unaware that i'm talking about the mass majority of people that are just walking about you know oblivious to what's going on behind closed doors in every area of society but they're under the impression the nhs is under pressure because we need to allocate more funds to it and you know they're strapped during the winter time you know they don't understand how much money's actually being squandered but unfortunately that filters down into your life into natalie's life into other people's yeah. lives and the lack of care and the community type funding. So more than a hundred families looking after severely disabled adults and children outside hospital have told uh, that NHS is failing to provide enough vital support. So they said help is based on individual needs and government guidelines, which ensures consistency. So again, that's at odds with what you've just said in terms of the postcode yeah. lottery because if it was consistent then everybody in every part of the uk would get the same rounds of ivf it and doesn't happen them, not three in this area and one in that area so what they're saying and what they're actually delivering are two completely different things
5: absolutely and um you, you're correct rick nobody well the general public don't understand the reality of the situation and i think we are best placed to to sort of talk about these things because we spend our days all day, every day with our heads in this sort of data, in these statistics. Um, And also, like you said, it affects me and it affects my life and it affects Natalie and it affects Natalie's life. But the fact of the matter is, it, it it is a reality there is no consistency within the nhs each trust is given a certain amount of funding um if you're in a more affluent area you're more likely to get more funding and it's as simple as that um government guidelines are that well they're not being looked at and they're not being enforced consistently and you also have to remember that the nhs is such a big beast that by necessity, we're all allocated an X number and that's all we are to that service is we are an X number and we have a, a, we have a a value on that X number. So the National Health Service is not universal health care. It's rationed health care. And when you hit that sort of well, when you go beyond that, that level of value that you have, it's not going to do much for you anymore. And it's as yeah. simple as that. Yeah, I was just going to add as well, on,
2: uh, Rick, on yeah, top of up, uh, these problems, you've got uh, DLA and personal independent payments. They are mm-hmm. harder and harder to come by as well. There were two oh, cases... Yeah wanted to read out here. A young man with 24-hour needs who hasn't received any help despite being eligible since February 2023. His parents who first applied for support on his behalf nearly two years ago have to currently provide round-the-clock care for him. They can't get any money from the NHS. Another one, a single mother whose daughter's brain injury caused multiple seizures a day. The NHS believed the girl's needs were too high for a single nurse to provide all care but couldn't provide one so instead the mum was had to be her sole carer throughout the day and the night. That is how bad it is for some people. And they're not just meeting these criteria. It's it reading no. these, it makes my heartbreak. Uh Ben. Mm.
5: Yeah. And the thing is, these are just the hundred and or hundred and five people that we're hearing about. How many are we not hearing about? It's a much bigger problem than 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 what's here in this BBC article. It it really is. I mean my friend personally Ollie he's not in this article and, and he's just another one of those numbers how bad is this problem and I think if we looked deeper we would find it's almost epidemic levels to use a word that's been thrown about a lot over the past few years
1: just another one as well, Ben, um, there's a, Natalie and I covered a story, the town that I live in at the minute, uh, our ha- there's an adult learning centre for uh, adults with learning difficulties that's being shut down because of a lack of funding, and it's going to affect mm. at least 30, if not 50 uh, adults, and of course that means that their uh, day centre has closed down, that the parents that are constantly caring for those, uh, those, uh, uh, those guys are now going to have to find alternative arrangements, which many of them can't afford to do. They were relying on that service. But in the same time that they say they haven't got the money to provide that service, there's a hotel has been commissioned uh, for at least two years now and is full of uh, asylum seekers slash refugee types uh, from God knows where the money's there to put them into full board bed and breakfast accommodation and dinner accommodation and obviously pay them uh, money every month to keep them here, literally overlooking a marina in a beautiful area. But when it comes to the locals who have paid tax all their lives, oh, it's shut down. It's shut down. It can't well,
5: be let done. me, I, I point that way because this the seafront where I am is that way. Uh, I'm in the town of Eastbourne and 12 of our seafront hotels have been requisitioned for that purpose. 12. Money's there for that. Wow. Money's there yeah. for that. The
2: money's there for that. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot, Ben.
5: Yeah, well, that's, that's just that. on the seafront. That's just on the seafront. Uh, there are there are more Uh, in the area as well there's just 12 along the seafront have been requisitioned for that purpose um and as you guys say the money's there for that but 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 that's money from government not from the nhs and i think this problem can be solved by restructuring i mean the nhs is the biggest employer in the uk it's the, the single biggest employer in the uk and i think it employs too many people on middle class wages that just don't need to be there because, like I say, I'll go back to the anecdote I gave you right at the beginning. That I have to ask my manager, who has to ask their manager, who has to ask their manager. It's
2: and and it's who suffers? Like, the disabled person, at the, the disabled person at the bottom. That's that. That's well, not, it. They don't get their care.
5: But it's not even just that, is it? It's it's not even just disabled people. It is primary yes. frontline care mm. in general that is suffering. You know, you fire one of those middle managers, you can hire two nurses, maybe even three nurses for the wages that those middle managers are sitting on. It's we, we could be funneling that money and using it properly, but we're not. One last uh, comment in the
1: live chat, Ben. There's a lot of people uh, listening in at the live chat. Massive uh, shout out to everyone. Skippy, Judith Sharp, Mally Bites, of course, Bloke Ask Questions, Mazzy, uh, so many people. But little Carol makes a comment as well. She says, I do have a cur, but it's a hard fight to get help. Luckily, I'm a fighter, but the strain on our own health, uh, getting help is also huge. So it actually exacerbates uh, issues, health issues, mental health issues, physical health issues. to actually fight to get the care that you're needing, instead of getting the care that you're needing to make you healthier and stronger, it's an absolute uh, disaster out there and rightly taken on board what you said. And hopefully, uh, you never know, maybe somebody's listening in that has some kind of an influence there, cut the middle managers out and allocate the funds that you have, the pl- the billions of funds that you have towards actually yeah. helping people, not propping up uh, diversity sections or painting rainbows uh, in Absolutely. the park. so So. Big thanks to you, Ben. As always, you can check him out on YouTube, uh, Chasing Descent, his podcast, absolute legend. Hope you have a great day, Ben. And thank you so much as always for your uh, very frank, open and honest input in this subject. We've got to take a little break as per right now. When we come back, the lines will be open. Open line and all that, that's a hint for you. Uh, But with plenty of news to cover before the top of the hour here live and exclusive on TNT, today's news talk.
0: Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. One of the more amazing things I've seen recently took last week at a Senate hearing looking into social media and the negative effects it has on our children. Here's
3: Senator Josh Howley confronting
0: Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg.
3: 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all. Who did you fire? Senator, that's I don't think that that's. Who did you fire? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> you didn't is, fire anybody, right? You didn't take so, any significant I, I, I don't think action. Is, it's appropriate to talk about it, it, like individual it's not appropriate. HR decisions. That put, Do you know
0: who's sitting out. behind you? Holly then pointed out to Zuckerberg that in attendance were parents of children who have been harmed, or, as he put
3: it, are now gone. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people?
4: I, 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 I'm sorry for everything
1: your
5: families have have suffered. Zuckerberg getting up and apologizing, of course, too little, too late. But what we
0: saw was virtually unprecedented. Thanks for giving me a minute, I'm Steve Malzberg.
5: Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT.
6: JDRF's vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. The Type 1 diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the Type 1 diabetes community. In the main we are governed by the Type 1 diabetes community, we're energised by the Type 1 community and we're accountable to the Type 1 diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organisations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. To everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, no matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who's supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible.
0: The conversation continues with Rick Munn and Natalie Cheel on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Yes,
1: TNT, where the fun never ends, today's news talk. You know, uh, we're we're reaching milestones all the time here on TNT. Uh, we've been broadcasting for over two years now. Uh, things are serious, guys. Things are serious at the minute. The the, the pressure is mounting on so many channels uh, that are trying to put out independent news. We're, we're trying effectively, David style, to fight many a Goliath out there. And I believe we've made massive inroads and massive uh, progress in doing that over the last two years. So as you know, uh, just bringing this to your attention, TNT is an independent a global news talk station that does what others say they do. Uh, we actually do it. We're live. Uh, we broadcast 24-7. And, of course, we've launched the video streaming arm over the last you know few months. And that has really, really taken off massive undertaking on the part of TNT and massive respect to all the guys and girls that are working behind the scenes to make that happen. Uh, it's a critical time that we're in at the minute. All of us, we're all in a critical time, irrespective of what's happening with any independent uh, news outlets. Uh, It is a critical time. We need to continue uh, to call out misinformation. Uh, We're now appealing to our supporters and our many friends uh, as we seek uh, the correct uh, investors to help us to push this thing forward because I do believe uh, that we are an absolute uh, contender. To take over uh, when it comes to this type of platform but of course we need support and help to do that so if you can and if you can see fit to do so uh, contribute to the war effort and i do believe it's a war effort by the way Uh, we have a donate section on our website go there and if you can and if you feel led to do so, uh, support the war effort, support the TNT war effort, because listen, guys, who knows, we don't know what the future holds, and uh, these things don't run on thin air, and I want to believe you're enjoying the service, so I'll leave that one with you, and uh, bear that in mind as we go forward, this is a critical, critical, critical year. Uh, speaking of war efforts and uh, money, uh, we're going to talk about Turkish barbers now. That would be a good idea, open up a TNT uh, Turkish barbershop, and that would really Breaking the cash, hand over fist. Natalie. those guys aren't short of a few quid, are they?
6: We've
2: had we've had some great ideas. We could uh, set up a rick and that Turkish barber, and we could uh, set up a mega church, start taking confessions yeah. in and subscriptions. For we've got lots. Yeah, we've got lots of good money ideas coming in. Uh, but yeah, this might made me laugh this morning uh, seeing it in the Daily Mail. Police chief warns cheap barbershops could be a front for k- criminal gangs to exploit workers for profit. Figures show there are 17,700 barbershops oper- operating across the UK. Um, it's actually got a 50% increase since 2018. It's no shock, we've been saying for a long time, as as many people, that these Turkish barbershops are a little bit dodgy, especially when they uh, they they don't have many customers and they come uh, park up their brand-new BMW out outside and you know it, it, it's probably money laundering uh, they even use it if you ever watch the uh, show Power on Netflix uh, they actually say they they use uh, barbershops, they use nail salons to, to put money through them uh, as a legitimate business. Now what makes me laugh about this article the most is they are literally blaming Turkish barbers not for money laundering or, or drug dealing, no they are the problem that the illegal immigration is happening in this country. Turkish barbers are using, uh, coming up, they are human traffickers. Uh, Asylum seekers can only come in through Turkish barbers, apparently. The small boats problem is all the Turkish barbers fault. I never knew it. I didn't realise. It's not the borders. The Turkish barbers are ruining the country, Rick.
1: Do you know what? I'm having a chuckle here, and of course, uh, we have to make a, a statement here. We not every tur- Turkish barber no, cool. is a people people trafficker, a drug dealer. <laughs> And a money launderer and drives a big <laughs> fancy BMW but a lot of them do and that's a fact, you know, uh, some of the best cars in town where I live are parked outside the old Turkish barbers and yeah those guys work hard but hell's bells and at if I thought uh, sharpening up the old scissors and uh, getting a comb out would land me a gig like that I would be opening up my own Irish barber shop as fast as you can say money laundering but uh, and the other thing is too, uh, the Turks are getting a hard deal on this one, uh, a lot of uh, Black is being pushed on the Turks. But listen, think about this for a minute. Kebab shops, Turkish kebab shops have been in the UK for decades. No one ever talked about the kebab shop owners. No one ever said that they were trafficking people or selling cocaine out the back. But the barbers, they have got an absolute bum deal on it. They have been labelled, rightly or wrongly in some cases. And yeah, we'll have to point that out too. We're not saying all Turkish barbers are criminals, etc. But there are some of them are being used as fronts for money laundering. And now the government are blaming them. They're blaming them for uh,
2: here mm-hmm. you know some of them aren't actually proper like criminals on money laundering mm-hmm. they're just taking mm-hmm. a lot of cash and they're doing it mm-hmm. and they're and they're you know not having to pay the government mm-hmm. and they're managing mm-hmm. to find a way to get outside the tax system so mm-hmm. you know fair play to any of those that are doing mm-hmm. so because you know why wouldn't you why would you mm-hmm. why do you want to sign up to the rat race and uh have to pay all the all the money that you earn to the government. Yes, some of them are serious drug dealers, probably, and money launderers, but that doesn't mean they all are. But the most ridiculous thing about this article, because most of them are more into drugs than they are human trafficking, to try and, this whole article goes on about, it it moves from Turkish barbers to the small boats. I mean, the the way they're trying to say it is that literally they've got got a whole bunch of people at the back of every Turkish barber hiding. (laughs) That's how this article puts it. You know, human trafficking you... to Turkish barbers. I just, you know, why don't why don't they start going into them and just bringing out all of the immigrants? I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, here's it's the. Just... Them, you have to give
1: them their props as well. They do a damn fine haircut. Uh, they really do. That's yeah. why a lot of guys actually go to Turkish barbers. Uh, and there's no shortage of them. It doesn't matter how many are in any particular town. They've always got a queue of people uh, waiting to get the old uh, the old barber cut. And here's the thing. They're missing a trick. They don't even deal with women. Uh, so this is an exclusively male domain, the old Turkish barber shop. They only cut men's hair. Imagine the business opportunities there in like if they were to have a Turkish barber's women's arm are doing you know perms or blow dries or uh, even purple rinses for grannies they could focus in on the OAPs and instead of driving BMWs they could be driving around in Ferraris what do you reckon are they missing a trick with the OAPs and the women
2: Yeah, maybe maybe they are, but Skippy has just said something in this chat that I really wanted to bring up, like an ethical kind of debate here. So he said, hand car washes are everywhere, East European. Now, Mm -hmm. I went to one. My car was absolutely filthy, and I do not clean my own car. I've I've got a a first-floor flat. Now, I went to one of these... Oh no. no! I just uh, my my I have car people was to do me. that. I
1: have imi- I have immigrants oh, no. that clean my car. I don't right clean
2: now. my own car. Oh, no. It does sound uh, like that. The yeah. immigrants do that. Yeah. Yeah. The immigrants are going to clean my car, but it was, uh, oh my goodness, they did such a good job. So it was, you know, they didn't really barely speak English, but, but they only charged me a tenner. I was like, mm-hmm. they're serious. It was serious manual work doing this, the, mm-hmm. the cleaning mm-hmm. my car. And I actually, I gave them another tenner. Cause I was like, I, cause I was like, seriously, that is way the work that they did on this car. And I was in the, I was in there about 20, 25 mm-hmm. minutes. I was mm-hmm. like that. That's that's more than ten pounds worth of manual work. Mm-hmm. So is the ethical debate? I'm saying with this is is mm-hmm. it that they're money laundering? They are doing work though, Rick. You know, a lot of people yeah. say, "Oh, we don't want immigrants coming into they're this grafters. country because they're not working." They are grafters. They are grafting. Like, they are. Yeah. So why shouldn't they then have that money? Yep. Or is it wrong because they're saying they're not paying tax? What do people want? Do people want everybody else to have to sign up to the awful tax system on the government just because they are? I don't really know what the answer is. All I know is I got a really good car wash.
1: Well, I hate to tell you this, but you were completely ripped off even with a tenner. All the tur- all the uh, Algerian car washes around here, they only charge a fiver to do the same kind oh. of job. And you actually tip them an extra tenner. So God bless you and all that. Uh, but uh, yeah, think twice before leaving a massive tip. But here's the thing, and you make a good point. Grafters, okay? Usually in and around where i am there's uh, vacant uh, car lots or disused uh, you know petrol stations these guys come in they set up there and then what'll happen is not like the locals will drive past and complain say that's wrong uh, there's they're not paying for that uh, they're coming over here and they're they're making a fortune well, why don't you do that? Why don't the, the people yeah. complaining about it do it? They're yeah. complaining that they don't have the jobs and they don't have money. Those guys are out there and women are out there too because they're all involved in it. So I've seen them with big oil drums during the wintertime, freezing yeah. their asses off in the Stuff. pouring rain, yes. washing yes, people's car for a fiver here and a ten or there. You know, they, they do earn it. Uh, they do earn it. I that's, wouldn't want to really, doing that. That's
2: mm-hmm. what I was basically thinking. You know, so many yeah. people slate them. And I'm thinking... They're working harder than most people I know. They're out there all day in the cold doing some proper manual work. So I've got no yep. problem with that type of person earning mm. money. And if people want to go, oh, no, they shouldn't be here, or all mm. oh, immigrants, well, they're working mm. hard, so i got no issue with it.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, of course, it's a cash-only business. Uh, you won't be paying for debit card that in case. your local Algerian car wash. And, uh, of course, <laughs> cash in hand, cash in pocket, no tax to pay, no national insurance. But there we go again, culturally appropriating our foreign uh, and car washers but they're grafters and so are the Turkish barbers by the way it's a tough job standing on your feet all day long cutting people's hair and listening to the crap that comes out of customers mouths imagine having to listen to people's bs all day long eight hours a day (laughs) Fair play to them that's you know almost the equivalent of people listening to us here uh, for two hours imagine that for eight hours a day every day standing up
2: I got to listen to you for an hour, Dave. At least I'm sitting down, Rick. So there you are. <laughs> yeah, at least
1: you get a seat and you've got a cushion under your ass. These guys have to stand up all day. <laughs> ma, 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 ma. You know what I mean? And then at the end of the day, when the people leave, they go, he's a drug dealer. He's a people trafficker. He's a money launderer. He's selling coke out the back. He's trafficking <laughs> women out the back. <laughs> Immigrant. <laughs> so yeah, they have, a, they have a bum deal. We're trying to give some love. We're trying to give some love, believe it or not, yeah. uh, to the people that are actually working, whether you like it or not, or whether they're doing it legally or they're working, they're grafting, so that has to count they're, for at least something.
2: Exactly. They're uh, not, let's they're not look claiming at- benefits.
1: No, they're not. They're not. Uh, let's have a look at some of the comments just to wrap us up here and that rather than go to another story here. Uh, Mazzy said, and no joke, when a decent bread shop was closed, some shops that were not good needed to revamp it. Strange the barbers and bubble tea shops. Yes, that's another one. Bubble tea shops are coming up charging £2 per cup. Uh, Skippy says, it depends where you are, Rick. Down south, it's a minimum of a tenner uh, for a car wash outside only. Fair enough. That would tie in a little bit with what Natalie was Going to be charged there the last time i went to one of those car washes they only charged me a fiver so that wasn't so bad uh lou said it appears the nhs and turkish barbershops have more in common than we think uh you need to expand on that one a little bit lou uh just a bloke who asked questions said i wish my own car but only when it absolutely needs it life's too short insist on it being spotless inside though interesting comment there from uh just a bloke uh and also uh, Mazzy said uh, it's a close share for some people out there. Yes, boom, boom, with the old Turkish barber connections. So we're coming up to the end of the show here. I think the music is playing uh, in the background. Uh, Lou uh, Mark Parkinson also says they're popping up all over my town as well. Yeah, they're popping up everywhere. But <laughs> listen, there's no shortage of customers. And they've always got, and they don't drive EVs. They do not drive no, these big gas-guzzling Fiat supercharged pro turbocharged pro
2: petrol cash. pro diesel pro. yeah.
1: You won't be paying debit card in the Turkish Barbers, they know what time nope. it is. But anyway, what a show it's been, absolute blast. And uh, if, you, if you're still got gas in the tank, I'll be on the other side of the news as well with Locked and Loaded. I'm going to be talking with Catherine McBain, I'm going to be talking to Gemma Cooper. I'm going to be talking to Mario Ineco about money. So uh, stay tuned for more here on TNT. And Natalie will be back tomorrow. Do you want to do your thing?
0: Spicy bye bye